on the final episode for the new King of Horror, we talk about his best work yet, Midnight Mass. A, a project that uh, Mike Flanagan has been wanting to create and come out with for years, over a decade. Over a decade. decade. He ex- executive over produced it, decade? directed it, created it. This is his, I feel, his Steve, Stephen King love letter in oh, a show. Oh, for sure. Oh, also, sorry, one of the books that's on the shelf in Gerald's game is Midnight Mass. Yes, this has been referenced no, in several works now. Something that he's always teased and never thought Flanaverse. he'd get to do. And he finally got to do it. And he has... I think brought Fuck. something back to this, the horror genre we've been missing for a long time. This is his. Uh, what, what's the phrase for like your ultimate piece of artwork? Penultimate. Uh, your, uh, your magnum, magnum opus. opus. Yes. Magnum opus. Talk about what you said about him, like seeing like an Ari Aster work, and then. Yeah, I felt like when he when we were watching this, I felt like he saw like Hereditary in Midsummer and was like. Yeah, yeah, I got something yeah, like I, that. I can do something Hold like that. Hold my beer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Hold my communion. I got big oh, Ari Aster vibes. Uh, even within the first two episodes, I was starting to feel that um, sinking creepiness that comes with Ari Aster's work. Again, this is also this is a piece of himself that that he's created for this. He said that Riley, um, our our main character, our protagonist, our protagonist mm-hmm. is his avatar in this world. Well, the this is not a spoiler. It's literally the very first thing that happens, and you see it in the trailer, too. Riley uh, killed somebody in a driving accident, in a drunk driving accident, and that was Mike Flanagan's biggest fear when he was getting sober. Mm. Well, right before he was getting sober, he constantly feared that he was going to do something stupid and kill himself or somebody else or somebody he loves, and so that we're seeing on screen something he's thought about a Mm -hmm. lot yeah he said that all it's something that only takes a couple seconds to completely change a life Mm -hmm. is what is what starts this in it it i've been thinking about it every day actually since since amanda and i watched it but that opening scene where riley um we see the aftermath of a drunk driving accident where he collided with another car and he is on the side of the road um getting his minor scratches on his mm-hmm. forehead barely um, hurt at all and they are carting somebody off in a body bag in the road and he starts doing a prayer and the, the person lord's lord's he starts prayer. doing the lord's prayer and as he's doing that the person attending him says um why don't while you ask him yeah while while you're at it why don't you ask him why he kills the children and, and leaves the drunk fucks without a scratch and that is that is the premise for the entire <laughs> yeah, show what a way to start yeah um I mean, I don't, I don't know how much I want to say without. I, I so, okay, do we just spoiler fir- call it now? In that first scene, hold on. In that first scene, when he said that, when that dude said that, like, I yeah. paused it and I was like, God damn. Yeah. There's a lot of moments in the show where I'm like, fuck, he gets it. Like the way I think about a lot of things, he yeah. fucking gets it for me. Um, and, and unfortunately, it's a very cynical way of looking at a lot of the world and religion. Yep. But it's it's. I don't think so. I disagree. Um, Hmm. So, Should we do a spoiler warning right now? Spoiler <laughs> warning. Coming. Okay, so here's the thing. 
Watch Midnight Mass. If you don't like horror stuff, then watch Midnight Jesus Mass. Christ. If you love horror stuff, why haven't you watched Midnight Mass? Do you yeah. guys have anything else to say before we spoil? Um, well, first, I do want to say you okay. should probably watch Midnight Mass. That's a great original point. <laughs> yes, Midnight um, Mass. Watch it. Secondly, uh, don't listen to this next part <laughs> until you watch watched watch Midnight all of it. Mass. Seven episodes. Yeah, you can Seven watch it in Netflix one day episodes. off. <laughs> yeah. I did exactly that yeah. on my first day off this week. I was like, hey, mm-hmm. I want to watch this. And Star was like, I'm down. And we, she fell asleep. Take that shit up. Because it, it it's a slow it's a slow start. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's I'll give you that. Are we done, so we done talking about spoilers? I want to say this. I want to say this then beforehand. Um, uh, Midnight Mass, I think, is just as good as Hill House, and I think is one of the best pieces of cinema that I've ever seen. Okay. Are we going to spoilers? I think we're ready to to deep dive. Yes. Let's go. Okay. Hold on. Let me crack Spoiler this. Spoiler warning. Spoilers begin Spoiler after the okay. crack. Deep dive. Here we go. Uh, so, Amanda, say your point that you were... My wife. I don't remember, but I'll start with something He was talking else. about the cynicism oh. of of religion. Oh, in the, I think the show's about hope. I think it's hope as of, well. And I, I think it also says that you can find hope anywhere. Like, I don't think... I think it is trying to say that religion isn't about God, and it shouldn't be. It should be about hope, empathy, and love. That's why... Um, you know, Muslim religion gets pulled in. Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, obviously Catholicism, but also why Riley says at one point, I looked for God anywhere I could find him. What is Bethian love? What? Empathy. Oh, what? empathy. Empathy and love. Oh, and, and I just heard Bethian love. And I, I think I like, it's also commentary on, um, on, um, uh, what am I trying to say? On not modern, but on, um, uh, Real, not real religion. What am I trying to say? Organized religion. No, not organized religion, but the, the, um, Bible thumpers versus more of the day-to-day practitioners. Thank you. The progressive versus the moderates, the moderate religion is versus like the Bible thumpers and the people that say you do this or you are wrong versus those that say it is an interpretation. It's not meant for that. Well, and that's also why I said, I told Dakota at one point, um, her name Bev. Bev. I, Bev. I always want to call her Mrs. Carmody we because Bev. she's Mrs. Carmody from The Mist. Yes, she um, is. 100%. Yeah. Yes. She's the villain. You've seen The Mist, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just put that together and I was like, <laughs> she's, oh, yeah. shit, that she's really good at being uh, this character. The Monsignor is not the villain at any not point. At, not I, at the end. I don't think at any point he's the villain because. That and was I, not his goal. Because to be I the think it's the approach. Her approach comes nowhere from kindness. You could be an his unknowing does. villain, though. And I, sure. think that, I think that's. He was the vessel for. There's a, he's maybe an antagonist. Yeah. And I think an antagonist and a villain are different. Everything when, she does does not come from a place of kindness. No, not at all. Especially when and she we when she gets that little taste of power, right? Ooh, it corrupts so all bad. All of his actions come from kindness. Chris, Look, and that's got, what you got, difference. Chris. I'm interested. She's a real cunt. She is. God but Monsignor never ever comes at it with I want to hurt I want to ruin want people's to lives he wanted the he doors wants, to stay closed he wants yeah. to help mm-hmm. he wanted the, the doors to stay time, closed he comes back with this fucking amazing shit and he is con fucking vinced it's god. that it's god mm-hmm. and he wants to save his child and he yeah. wants to help everyone also 
How the <laughs> fuck are we in two, two when we don't know when this is set, but they do have modern cell now. phones. I think it's they now. do have it's modern. Now. We just don't know where it's at if it's east or right. west coast. Right. They they <laughs> do have modern debate. phones. I feel like it's, I think it's west. I feel like it's east coast. They I talk East Coast about, too. They talk about in New York. Going, they talk about they Washington. Do, that's in where New York. he went, though. That's where um, the main character went to New York. Mm-hmm. But they talk about Washington being co- close to the coastline. Close no, enough they just they say someone get. went to Washington. Mm. They, I don't know. They stay intentionally vague about we it. I was so specific trying to figure it out. I yeah. was feeling East Coast vibes, but that does it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I was thinking North and West, but yeah. Either way. Oh, okay. Um, what were you trying to say, though? I don't remember now. Why you said it's it's probably based on modern times, but why? Okay, okay. My whole thing about the whole show and most movies these days is this shit happens, and once in a while a movie gets it. But most of the time, how did not like twenty people in this town go? It sounds like fucking vampires. That's what it fucking. <laughs> so they are you sure you're not a fucking vampire? Because you 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 burn in the sun and. Uh, but they do figure it out. Well, so in an interview, in the very end. No, no. On an on an ET interview, not not. Elliot, um, they uh, Mike Flanagan discussed with the other people that were creating the show. Do we want to use this word? And they said, no, we do not want to use this word because that's going to take away from what we're trying to do. And there even is a point where the doctor says, I can't even say it because it's going to make me sound like I'm she, a fraud. She says mm. she calls it a vampiric disease, but yes. also vampiric can mean a lot of different things. So that that creature is an angel uh-huh. when it's addressed when people talk about it in interviews and all the time he called it he's an angel not a too. vampire it is the it's an angel quotes right but they do such a, i mean okay on the other spectrum other side of the spectrum they do such a good fucking job of using scripture to fucking yes. flip your oh my shit. god yes well, afterwards i'm like there's vampires in, in the bible they're, they're, they're all vampires angels are vampires bro there Lilith? are well vampires are in the bible vampires are the offspring of giants and angels in the Bible, they're not called vampires, but they're described as drinking human blood and mm-hmm. craving flesh. So another reason why it's great not to use the word. Right. Yeah. And Mike Flanagan, the reason scripture is so. By the way, they're vampires Ugh. in the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, yeah. The way the reason scripture and and biblical reference is so well used in this is he was raised Catholic. He was an altar boy. Um, so was Catholicism not an was. Boy. Catholicism was a big part of his his growing up. That explains so much. And uh, at one point, he Riley, like you said, is his avatar. He did the same thing. Oh, you did. Sorry, (laughs) nobody can see who I'm gesturing to. As you said, but (laughs) I know. Um, know. uh, He did the same thing that Riley describes doing in the show: is um, looking for God anywhere. Mm -hmm. He he had this moment of, "What if I'm wrong? What if Catholicism is wrong?" Which I think a lot of religious people have. And um, started looking anywhere, and then for a long time described himself as atheist. Mm-hmm. Found and, it in the bottom of a bottle, though. Um, Oof. And now kind of really ca- kind of relates, I think, more to human secularism. Yeah. Well, in science, I'm yeah, him as a person though, he yeah. he finds a lot of uh, a lot of meaning in just you know being a human person and and treating people good. Yeah, and what I saw in another interview that really resonated with me and and how. I saw things as a, as a young person is someone asks, how do you relate religion and horror so much? And he's like, it does though. The whole point is that the Bible is a scary book and that a lot of people are, are taught religion through fear. Mm -hmm. And that's how he was raised. And that's how I was raised as well. A lot of the, I remember not falling asleep because I was afraid I was going to wake up and everyone was going to be gone, that the rapture was going to happen mm-hmm. and I was going to get left behind. You were raised Catholic, though, right? I was. You absolutely. had you had a fucking get out of jail free pass as a Catholic, as, as someone Catholic. practicing Catholicism. 
You just got to go say, hey, I fucked up. And they're like, all right, do 15 Hail Marys and uh, throw a long pass. Or but at, at I don't that, think that's how children see it, though. At that point, I was thinking, maybe it won't work for me. Maybe it's not enough. Yeah, mm. the and children, especially in Catholicism, are always hammered with fear. Yes. I, I will say at, I'm just as, we can whatever, at 12 years old, I had this epiphany where I was like, if you're real, say something to me. Show yourself to me. And I spent a night awake, just like anything. Give me a fucking sign. Literally anything. There were headlights that came down into the, the trailer park that I was in. And I was like, ah, oh, no, there's headlights. But like I spent an entire night of my life in, in my youth being like just fucking terrified that I was going to die, that a car was going to come through my trailer and hit me and kill me. And I was going to go to hell because I was so greedy that I needed a sign from God. So it's just it's. And it's, it's fucked up because I could see myself as those people that after seeing that girl walk, go to church afterwards. Yeah. Like, that's the proof I'd need. Hey, I, I'd be, be right there with them. Like, hey, fuck, give me that. Give me that communion. Give me that communion. Yeah. And it's and it's it's scary that I could almost see myself like, I don't know if I'd be much different after seeing Man, that. You start taking that communion. Your back doesn't hurt anymore. Fuck. You're going to believe. Take me to church. Yeah. Yeah. That's a song about sex. But. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Also, <laughs> cool. <laughs> side note. Uh, yeah, when 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 the girl when when he backs up, you know, in in you don't know he's she's gonna. I mean, in your heart of hearts, you probably know she's gonna get up and do something crazy. But when you're watching it, you're like, you asshole! What an asshole! I was like, awkward. This is gonna be weird as shit for this young preacher. So, and, and to talk about that more, he said the the more I the more I drink of 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 the the blood and I hear God talking to me, mm-hmm. you know, because this angel is also in the voice of the angels in my head, um, telling me because, and I think that's another, another metaphor is, you know, are these, are these works of a God or are these works of, of something else, you know, oh, saying that they're God and, and saying that they're God. And but so it it's works. like, so in tying into the story, do you think that that angel had an alternative ulterior motive with the town, or do you think it was just driven by self-preservation? I think, and I told you this while we were watching it, I don't think that was a very intelligent being. I think it was more animalistic than it was human. Um, and it was just mimicking human behavior. Yeah. Likes to wear coats I, and hats. No, he put that on it. He wore the priest outfit too. Yeah, but he like or not priest, but the. I guess. How do we know? He we didn't see him put it on. I think, him, I think. Uh, so. This is really weird. I don't know why I drew so many connections to the movie Dracula two thousand, but I did. The very first episode, I'm like, huh, vampires don't like cats, just like in Dracula two thousand. <laughs> and then like something happened. I was like, I, I wonder if this is from Jerusalem or something. Oh, hey, just like Dra- there's a lot of similarities why not to that just movie. Dracula. I don't know why Dracula two thousand. It helped me. Such but a good film. It's such a great Gerard Butler film. Anyway, um. I think that there's almost two sides to the coin because this this creature felt worshipped at some points throughout the show. And when it was disrespected is when it turned on that kind of animalistic nature because he was watching all these people, you know, take communion and they were going to become his followers. But as soon as someone broke out from that and decided to directly attack him, that's when the animal kicked in. So I and also, man, there's so many things we can talk about. But I, I think once that hunter instinct kicked in. There was no more intelligence. It did become an, an animal at some well, point. Well, and when it saw, when it saw, um, um, what's his actual name? Father John Pruitt. 
Monsignor Pruitt. Pruitt. Monsignor. So when Pruitt, um, I mean, he saw the 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 he angel saw, the saw that he was terrified. Yeah. So when he was sucking his blood, he saw he was terrified, and he decided to spare him. You know, and whether that was, and that's what I'm saying, was it to turn him because to keep it going, or was him? it because yeah, because it, it saw him seeking him as and I mean, relating mm. it back to the Bible, if this angel is a like um something that's left ancient and it's like the last of the angels from the Bible. If these were creatures that were interpreted that way um, in the Bible, is that what they were doing then? You know, three to 2000 years ago, he were makes, they, were they being worshiped and they yeah. were like, yeah. Monsignor Pruitt makes such a great point that people feared angels in yeah. the Bible. Mm-hmm. Like they're terrified when they show just, up. It just goes back to everything that I learned too. Like, man, I don't know if I want to see an angel. These things are fucking scary. Yeah. Obviously they don't teach that now so much in Catholicism, but if you're reading. Uh, the, some the, do. You, <laughs> yeah, some you do. have to have such an understanding of like, uh, like, uh, you know, tying, we're talking about just the show itself and the characters, but for um, Mike Flanagan to have such an understanding of the Bible to be able to tie these in, mm-hmm. literally there's no point where I'm like, oh, that's kind of a stretch. I'm like, oh, God, is the Bible about vampires? Like, yeah. You know, yeah. terrifying. The Old, Old Testament, Testament is terrifying. New, no, Old Testament, New Testament, any of that shit. Well, that he's New talking Testament's about. Not that scary. Neo-Testament? Well, no, Jesus no. is in the New Testament, though. Right. So Which all of Jesus' body of blood, you know, my body, my that's what my you're blood. About. Okay, yes. That's all New Testament stuff. Yes, and, it is. and so, but, and that all still relates to, to what's going on in it, just as, you know, so it's like. Fits too well, scarily well. And so, you know, as, and for me, and it's. And I, I was, say to the yay verily. <laughs> I was ready for it to be about nihilistic approach on religion. And, and what it became, again, like I said before, was the Bible thumpers versus the the um, the moderates. And when Bev is Bev is supposed to be a true believer. Right. And she is digging into the dirt like a fucking animal mm-hmm. clinging to life, trying to because trying to she hide. is scared again of what's to come afterwards. She mm. in almost a in almost a comedic moment when they run out Dude, of the, the church and she's in the back hiding because yeah. she's scared of what might happen. She's doing onto others what she herself is not brave enough to do. And the rest of the town, no matter what their religious background is, no matter what they do or don't believe in, come together mm. and accept their fate because they know mm-hmm. that that everything is going to be okay. Or, or at least maybe not okay, but they've accepted their fate. They yeah. know they are fucked. Like they I, do. I, and the great equalizer, the great, uh, the the the, the constant is going to God. happen, oh. and and those people have come together to to be okay with it, and and to see her doing that, and to see that Pruitt, you know, you see his motives, and they are not good, but they were not based in bad, right? They're still not good. He's not a good person. He, uh, it's tough. And especially being a person who doesn't like religion. Right. But he has nothing but good intent. hopes and intent. And he's charismatic as fuck. Right. Um, Hamish Linklater is his name, plays yes. Father Paul. Yeah, that's and it. he's hilarious, by the way, outside of he's the show, really like funny. as just a person. And he had such a unique take. That's not how Mike Flanagan wrote that character. So when he did his um, uh, uh, audition and everything, um, and it was funny, he said that usually when you get those longer auditions, like I guess he said there were like, uh, seven pages at that's first long. and that's long and then it turned into nine pages and then it turned into 14 pages of dialogue for him to do and it was really funny he said after the um 
I, I hope I'm not getting stuff mixed up here. But he said afterwards he got done and everything, and he started to, like, leave, and they came back and everything to, to like, ran out and talked to him. And he's like, oh, man, are they about to just offer to me? And I was like, oh, hey, uh, you, uh, we need the microphone. That's <laughs> And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, here you go. To give you some perspective on that, you don't normally – for an audition, you get one to two pages. Yeah, 14 pages. You really wanted that role you, to be the best you it could be. Typically, oh. if you are auditioning for a TV show or movie, you are sent just what you're auditioning with, not mm-hmm. the whole thing. And um, you may only have two lines yeah. on that page. And that is all you get to show. So I, I'm not saying that the other roles in it aren't important, right? But like uh, someone else could have played Riley and the story would have been fine, right? But I, I feel like, I feel like, him playing uh, Pruitt, like the show could live or die on, depending on who's playing that role sure. and how they do it. Sure, I this I you reminded me of the thing I did want to say about okay, this say show it. that Let's bothers me. Just get old people to play old people, and then show oh. them revert. Put them in the same fucking clothes, and then revert them back. Because everybody in that show that was mm, old, yes, that it was like. I was immediately I was like, gonna happen. These people are going to get young again. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck's going on, but I don't yeah. fucking like it. Yes. Like yeah. that was one of the things that took the me mom. out of it at first. The, the mom, the mom, Jim Pruitt, the mom, Elliot. Oh, yes. Pruitt. Elliot's wife. Yeah, they were fine. I didn't understand why those two were younger actors and yeah, and had aging done to their face that because they were going when, when they, they were started. super old. Oh, I Once guess I didn't realize that they, they were like in their supposed to be in their eighties. Yeah, Monsignor really? Pruitt was supposed to be in his eighties. Yes, not that not, makes sense. not no, Riley's I'm talking parents. about Riley's parents. Oh, right, they weren't supposed to be that much older. They're supposed right. to be in their fifties. Yeah, they, late fifties. No, maybe sixties. No, sixties because but they're not actually in their sixties. But that see that didn't like you said. I think the casting could have just been actors of that age because it's kind of easier to make somebody look a little younger on film. Right. <laughs> like the, honestly, it was just such a big, I think, age gap between what Pruitt and I can't remember the mom's name that of the doctor. I don't but remember anyway, either. it just I agree that was weird. Yeah, and it also brings me back to uh, let there be carnage because <laughs> stop. stop. I'm gonna look really fast because I have to go pee. I'm, okay, you do that. I'm gonna talk about it. Go ahead. There's so much heat coming off it right here. Makes me upset that they made Woody Harrelson, who is a 60 year old man. God, play. Is he really? He's sixty. He he was he was on Cheers in the early eighties. Yeah. He was young then. He looks good for sixty. He does. It's it's the it's the new aging thing that we've got going on. Like, no one thinks I'm forty. They're well, like, why aren't you dead? People are drinking baby blood. Um, <laughs> what I didn't like in that was that they cast a younger actor and had Woody Harrelson just do oh, voice. Oh, that took me out of it right what? away. I was like, what are you doing? That was the first red flag of, I was like, I'm not going to like this After movie. the opening scene, I looked at Dakota and I said, guess it's going to be a movie. Here we go. <laughs> I was like, oh no. Although that is the point where I said, oh, I'm not taking this seriously even a little bit. <laughs> spend, spend the extra <laughs> I was, time. I was able to enjoy it more than he was because immediately I said, oh, it's a joke. The whole movie's a joke. Spend the extra time matching up the lips and the, you know, spend a little extra money no, doing that. No, just let that actor use his voice. It doesn't. No, yeah, Woody no, I, no, no, I agree 100%. Do <laughs> not silly. do that. But if Same you with are Tia gonna, Dalma. But if you are going to do that, go ahead and spend the extra. Yeah. Spend the extra million bucks and just really nail it. But just, why don't you just superimpose his lips onto that dude's face at that point? You know? What a fucking just, shitstorm of a movie. Or just cut that scene out altogether. Yeah. It actually was. Do it as a comic. You know, that it would have been an hour and 15 minutes. That scene was was the highlight of the whole film. 
when he when he wrote mm-hmm. the letter and in the circle and it was a whole thing. Yep. Do that for the beginning of the whole fucking movie. Don't waste my time with young, stupid, not Woody Harrelson. Oh, you mean when they dubbed a young actress? Yes. <laughs> no other way. Well, yeah. I got yeah. Actor we need to do a secondary episode that is what's what the fuck is going on with Venom? We could do that <laughs> anyway. Sorry, back. I so pee. back to no, Midnight Mass. <laughs> so Midnight Mass. Um. Episode, I gotta kind of end of episode four. Here. One one line that c- kind of stuck out to me, also near the end of the was I think it was the last episode. Um, one of the characters says, "It's funny how you know we're supposed to be excited to meet our God, but we're always clambering for these last minutes uh-huh. of our lives." That one hit me really hard well, too. And it's, um, it's a it's a animal instinct almost for us to not want to die. Going back to weird. what Dakota said about Bev and that that moment at the end is like. It, it's the Bible thumpers versus the the actually good people, you know, that are using. And, yes. But yeah. they it's it's that they're it's not that they're like, yes, they're accepting it. But what you're really seeing is instead of focusing on fear, they're focusing on love in their final moments. And it's also interpretation versus this is directly what this means. Mm-hmm. Right. And and the same Huge thing bit. with the the sheriff and his son. Instead of focusing, fuck that on, scene got me. On, oh my god! I think in that last moment they they find together. It's it's not about sheriff. Sharif, yeah, sheriff sharif. Um, they're not focusing on you know what church you're going to or or how you're um, you know loving God. They're just focusing on being together and you know loving each other. Yeah, and I, I think people. I, there was a scene that I was really, I was really happy was in, and I was wondering if they were going to touch on it because, you know, the sheriff and his son are Muslim, mm-hmm. and um, people think that like that uh, the Muslim the religion is based out of its own identity. It's an extension of Judaism and Christianity. Mm-hmm. Judaism is the Old Testament. Um, Christianity is the Old Testament plus the New Testament. And then uh, Muslim religion is the Old Testament, the New Testament plus the Quran. And it's an extension. Like he said, Jesus was a prophet of God. And that is something that the that Muslim people wholly believe. So yeah. people think it's a completely different religion. It's just like, and you know, it's that next extra couple scriptures. Well, they, that they think have he was a good it. dude. They're like, he was yeah. a good guy. He was a prophet. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if he's, like, he's a, a prophet God, but he's a good dude. <laughs> So, and it's like, I I think that it was just, it was cool for him to put that in there because he totally didn't Uh have to do that or anything like that. Or, and it's, it was done in a very tasteful way where he's like, yeah, no, what you guys talking about? That's super cool. Like, I I don't need you to tell me what I already know about that. Um, (laughs) I love that (laughs) moment when he says that and Bev is just caught off guard. She's like, oh, okay. And that's the moment when you see that, how ignorant she is, because I mean, we live in Topeka, Kansas. We know what ignorance looks we, we like. We drive Bev. We drive by ignorance every day. Like you've, you've met a Bev in your life. Yeah. We got that ignorant on and, lock. And I think that's that's like her defining character trait is ignorance. Is mm-hmm. like she's right. Everyone around oh, her no, is wrong. St. Patrick is always the shelter of of Crockett Island. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's um knowledge, yet ignorance. <laughs> like yes. it, she's like super fucking versed. She can uh-huh. quote line but and only script. in one thing. And, right, but and, only in one thing. She's almost, uh, what are they, like an idiot savant. And yet she misinterprets <laughs> it the whole way because at no point does, does she, she at, at one, no point does she ever extract kindness from the Bible. Oh, no, not that part. I'm just talking so, about where she's ready to fucking. And she kills the fucking dog. Yeah. She's, 
I don't want to think and about it. And also dooms them all. Although Mike Flanagan's did say that if you were to see the puppet that they used for that, you wouldn't be so upset about it because the puppet's apparently hilarious. So. Um, do you think that she was trying to kill Paul Monsignor um, before she knew? Yeah. Because yes. they show the dog die. They show him die. She tries to feed him. He doesn't want to eat it. She gets really upset with him. So oh, yeah. I think that... Um, she had some issues with him. And when she realized what she can do with rat poison and get away with it, uh, she realized how she can take him out. It, it's and one of the few things, sorry to cut you off, but just one of the few things where it, he never, Mike Flanagan never explicitly says, here's the answer. You know what I mean? He shows and doesn't tell. It's just, we're led to believe that. Mm -hmm. So sorry. But. Because, so the very first time we see them like really interact, she's criticizing his use of the, the wrong the shot robe. or whatever. Yeah. yeah the robe. And um, you can tell she doesn't like him. No. She doesn't like the way he preaches, which is hilarious because he's, he's the, the same, same dude. Person. She just doesn't like him because he's young. Mm -hmm. Like, and he wears jeans. Like, that's a big thing. I learned recently a lot of priests just wear the whole thing all the time the robes and everything. Yeah. Hey. We saw like five of them. If it's you crazy. could just wear a robe and just be like free balling underneath, like, that's a pretty good life. <laughs> it seems warm, but like, he. No, like, I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt. But like over in like uh, other countries where yeah. it's very hot, a lot of guys wear robes and they just got Absolutely. nothing. In. That's what you said. It seems warm. Oh, they also have like I mean, it's black. They have long sleeves. They're just completely covered. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, you're talking about like just anyone that wears. You robes. just want to dress like Papa all the time. I guess. I just want to be naked under in a robe. Bro. Other countries know. that do that, they tend to wear like linens and yeah, very and light, yeah. very white. Um, they're not white. <laughs> there's a lot of cream. Lot of but yes, I do think she tried. Mocha. She poisoned him, and I think that's actually. Unknowingly, she set this all in motion. She allowed him to die. Which so, is why he didn't immediately have the sensitivities. Yes. Um, so she poisoned him. He And I I, I need to rewatch it. I don't really know where she did How? it. Hold on. How did he not die when the vampire was biting his fucking neck? Is didn't, it because they gave him the blood that he didn't I die? I think so. Yeah. Oh. Mm, I'm mm, I wouldn't look too far into that because yeah. they do the same thing to... Uh, uh, Riley's character and he becomes a vampire. Well, his neck yeah. got snapped. Yeah, maybe his neck didn't get. I, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Don't look too too Might far. Might not have been a fatal snapped. wound. Riley's like, neck got snapped when he like yeah. when he yeah. to they bite him. his neck. Oh, they were like. <laughs> yeah, so he he died when he. Yeah, but I'm saying um, Monsignor is old. I like the way you say it. Monsignor. Monsignor is old, decrepit, about to die on his own anyway. Right. The vampire but, spares him, gives him some vampy blood, mm -hmm. but he's not. He's not straight up a vampire. He would. He the didn't vampire die? blood immediately started to heal him. I believe. Oh, okay. That's where we're going. With. And that makes more sense. Well, they they explain that like when you Whoa. have too much of it in your system, you start to you know. Eventually, if you don't get any more, your right. own system fights it off. And that's right. the scientific part of it too. Is yeah. it's like it's um, combustible, but you're fine until yeah. There's too much. There's too you're much just of a walking it. grenade. Which yeah. is why um, I can't remember her name, but the the girl why. Aaron? It, it where no, not Aaron. Um, the girl Liz, who is in the wheelchair. Liz, I keep wanting to call her Lizzie. That's not her name though. I don't her name. Lisa. Lisa. There yeah. we go. Lisa. Lisa. Um, Lisa or Lisa? It's, it's no, Lisa. L e e z a because I watched that shit with yeah. subtitles. Yeah. Uh, why she unheals in the end? I guess is I mean it, it burns out her that, system. Yeah. Well, I, maybe I think that's also a really important part that tells us that the vamp or that the vampire angel died. I would agree. Yeah, because I would say that's kind of where the master like died. Because yeah, in Dracula, tell us the tell us the in Dracula two thousand, if you kill the main vampire without feeding, you don't become a vampire. So true that. I, also I think lost that boys. was also in 
Dracula. Yeah, yeah and Dracula <laughs> 2000 importantly, though. Also, though, Lost Boys, they fucking reference the fact that they know it's fucking vampires. Lost Boys is about the Corys being like, uh, excuse me, yeah. this is fucking vampire. Well, there is yeah, a Cory involved. But, but no, anyway, Mike Mike Flanagan, we talked about how he likes closure, and mm-hmm. I feel like that's the that's the period on the sentences for like, because that's the last line in the oh, whole show. fuck, man. I can't feel my too. legs. But that, she's happy about it. Yeah, because she knows, I mean, it's over. Yeah. That got me too. Um, I paused right there, and then I was like, "Oh, the show's over." Can we talk about Aaron a little bit? Like, I, that's what I was gonna. Yeah. Um, hmm. I yes, we can. Today, listened to an interview with Kate Siegel a little bit about it. I already had opinions about <laughs> about Aaron, like I, and she really kind of reiterated that for me. It's a very different character for her. She, I mean, if you look at Theo, if you look at mm. um, even the Lady in the Lake, like all the characters she played, um, her character in Hush, even she's played some really powerful ladies. <laughs> Who just kind of step up and and are loud and brazen and um, do what they want. Aaron is very subdued until she's not right until she's driven it, to do something uh, powerful. Sheesh. But like she she's subdued. But I don't want to say that that makes her weak at all. No, she she's accepted who she is in mm-hmm. the position she's in. I, I've known errands like in Mm -hmm. my life and i felt i felt like that character is the one that i've been able of hers that i've connected the most with just because like we've all known someone basically in her position right you know that uh, the relationship or whatever didn't work out there's a there's a child or whatever but it doesn't define them or their position or what they have going on you know um which makes when she loses the child even harder Right, but you know she tells Riley like, and everything. You can't go to church. <laughs> Jesus, um, yeah. No, no Jesus. It, yeah, no it, Jesus. it the the baby for her was it was a beacon, mm-hmm. and um, when she loses it, she really feels like that light has gone out. Well, and then she's told that there was never a child in the first place, which Ooh. also makes her question a lot about and, herself. But and if you know anyone that's also had that situation, it makes it yeah. even harder. Yeah. Um, that the two monologues that she has that are oh the same God. thing but re redone in the end <laughs> are just like I mean full circle. Yeah. They're they're cinematic magic. Like yeah. she's she's a she has a BFA in acting. She's a really dedicated actor. She's super well trained. That's a big fucking actor. Sorry, a bachelor of fine arts. Um, yeah, she is. She's traditionally trained. We like, like arts. Um, and classically trained in, in acting, and I think this was probably something, this this was a little bit more powerful to me than any of the other things that she's done. Mm-hmm. Even like We got to see her deliver some really incredible monologues. And Yeah, this was one of those stories where it's like, I came for the spookiness, but I stayed for these powerful-ass monologues mm-hmm. that were happening. Oh, yeah. yeah. Monologue the show, but in a good there way. There were so many monologues, and they were so Man. good. Uh, Minister, I, was I like, got mad monologue. at Dakota because he kept talking over the monologues. No, no, no. I would, I would call it. I was like, this is about to be a monologue. And then after I did the third time, she's like, stop. Shut up. I... Yeah. The other yes, monologue Chris. that really got me was oh. um, the sheriffs. Mm-hmm. 100%. Oh, and also uh, Lisa's to to Joe Colley. That uh, was the most shooketh I, I felt was, through this whole thing. I was almost fucking crying. I had to pull him back, bro. I had I had no reason to pull him back. Like I I I can cry in front of Star, and Star would mm-hmm. be like, "Pussy." <laughs> but I was over there, and I was like, Ugh, "You're not gonna get me, Lisa." So this part doesn't make it into the podcast. It's just for you guys. So, oh, I totally weeped. No, I'm just- no, no. 
so Kate Siegel mentioned something when talking about Aaron and and uh, her arc is the scene in the boat with Riley. That and seems crazy. So she and Mike Flanagan had to have some conversation about how long it takes a body to burn mm-hmm. and the smell of a body burning and just the reality of what that would be. And the reason that they carried her scream over the credits, which I told it like it haunting. It started and I was like, you got to We got to move on to the next. Episode. I cannot listen to this. I can't it's rough. Um, is because of how. What? Long that really would take. What? You moved on. No, the I could, credits. Oh, once the credits I don't started. Give a fuck. Yeah. I'm just saying, like you stopped. Oh, oh man. no, that got to me too much. I could I not in. listen to her screaming over the credits. It that was that was one of my favorite parts of the so whole. So they have her series. scream as long as they think it would take for the yeah. body to fully burn. Yeah, um, and also why there's a why they did it on the end of an episode into the next one was because it would take so long that could not just be on film. Yeah, <laughs> like that might be one of my favorite scenes in the whole show because I think Riley finally feels like his life had purpose mm-hmm. and, and he made amends for, you know, the atrocity that, that happened to or he not happened to him. I mean, he makes a, a big murderer. point about saying that yeah. it didn't happen. He did this. Yeah. And at the moment that the, the sun shines on him and it's quiet and he's still in that boat, he see, and this made me think of Hill house because how time isn't always relevant, how we might see the end of our life and not even know it. And that's what I think Riley was seeing in his dreams. Mm-hmm. He was seeing the end of his life yeah. without even knowing right. it. And he finally got to see the woman that he killed in, at, in, peace. at peace and, and, and ready him. and ready to take him away to whatever the mm-hmm. next journey is for him. And that was the most one of the most beautiful hell. things. He's going to hell. <laughs> one of the most beautiful things I, I think I've ever seen. And then to just juxtapose it and see uh, the the atrocity oh, that the dude, rest of everyone you has knew to live it with. had to happen though, right? Oh, were, you, yeah. were you like were you like oh, I was whole, preparing I was, yourself? Oh, I was just so happy that that our main character got got to see a happy light at mm-hmm. the end, regardless of what happened for everyone else. But and, and it, he was the beacon of hope. I mean he was the reason that the kids get out at the end is because he warned her that Hold well, on, let Chris talk about that scene. Yeah. I thought they were going to go the noble route and just have the scene end with him mm. taking the girl's hand. Because you weren't used was, to this style of his stuff. <laughs> right. I thought it was going to go to black mm. and we were going to be like, <laughs> and and then, you know, cut to the next scene in the next episode. Yeah. There's a pile of ashes on the ground. No. No. When it cut back and she was like, Blood's <laughs> I was like, yes. Like I, dude, it, it gave me chills in the right way. Yeah. Like it, it lit up. How every, did Star react? She was just like, didn't move, just was frozen. But like my eyes were like I wasn't crying, but my eyes felt like welling up, and I was like, "This is what I want out of a out of a out of a show, movie, whatever. Yeah, I want to feel this, you know." Oof. And I watched all the credits, just listening to her, and I was like, "This is, this is what it should be to me in my in my heart." I was like, "Cause I, I like I said, I thought they were just gonna cut away, and it was gonna be this peaceful." And when they cut back, I was like. Yes, it's perfect. I thought it was perfect. It truly is. And um, Kate Siegel said, too, that, you know, somebody had mentioned to her how they like how how she comes out of that and moves on and does what she's supposed to do. And she was like, I don't think she does come out of it. No, she- no he said, this is what you're going to do. I hope you don't do this. She does it anyway. Right. She's but like, what, you know, what I, I she meant was, it, I don't think she she's still in that boat. All the way up oh, until yeah. she's in the church. Yeah. When she sees the cup in her hand, she she said she consciously made a decision that that's the moment 
that Aaron's not in the boat anymore because um, she has a kind of a reality check of what's going yeah. on. But if I kind of want to, after listening to this, go back and rewatch it and see how she acted the rest of that because mentally she's not there. Yeah, she's still. Yeah. I can. Uh, I can feeling. <laughs> so 100%. Yeah. I feel that. Let's talk about her death then. And I didn't think about this at first because again I'm a guy watching the scene. Um, she was being raped. Yes. Yeah. And that's how she approached that scene as well. So she was. In a position where she's being taken care of and she took the power back from the person mm-hmm. taking her power. Yes. So she I, she said that in an interview that she she based she didn't know how to approach that really. And she actually had all of this physicality ba- planned out. She was like, I'm going to do I have all this acting physicality. I'm going to do. She knew that she was she, it wasn't an improv her to pull it back in or anything. That was all. No, that was part of it. But um, she saw then. The actor came on set, who was the angel, and all of that was practical. His whole costume was practical. The wings were practical. Wow. And you know, as soon as she saw him, she was terrified. And she said once he was on top of her, she couldn't do any of the things she had planned because she was terrified. She felt like she was being violated. Uh, she was being assaulted. And um, she just kind of drew on the women she knows in her life who have been um, physically and sexually assaulted. And how those are the most powerful women she knows. And she was like, Aaron needs to be one of those people. And so she took the power back Mm -hmm. um, in that moment and made a decision that Aaron made a decision that she's not going to be powerless in her last moment. Had she not done that, I mean, then nothing else they did up to that point mattered. Right. I was outwardly cheering for her when that happened. I was like, you fuck that bastard up you you take away his wings everything that makes him angelic he is a monster and he will die a monster i, I want to f- say that the scene before that where he was feeding and lisa and the other and the kid were, were shooting, shooting it and he was like oh yeah. yeah you know fuck you guys i'm trying to get my meal in like once she started to to cut the angel's wings cut the angel's wings uh what's the word not crop uh, what do they call it when you do that oh. to a bird? Um, clip. clip its clips. wings. They had a fucking monologue about that earlier in the show. She was, had to clip the dove's clip, wings. Uh, clipping a dove's <laughs> wings. Her mother made her do it. Like it was a whole thing, dude. And everything Mike Flanagan circle, does baby. is oh. full circle. Oh. But so ten years of work. <laughs> I, I, I didn't really realize it at the time, but thinking about it afterwards and now, when you guys are talking about you know a, a rape victim taking back the power, I watch enough fucking. Uh, shows about murder and death and Mm -hmm. women in their last moments knowing they're going to die and doing whatever they can so that it won't happen again. Like, wow. Yeah. It, it, she'd been in that situation before, right? (laughs) You know, she, I'm fine. That sounded bad. She'd been in that position before with her previous relationship it was someone that did not care about her, that treated her like shit, right? Right. She was not going to let it happen again. Right. No, I, I don't think her having to meet Riley was going to change that moment. I don't think anything yeah. else, once that once she had that baby and she left that guy, I think that moment leads up and ends the exact same way. And I think that shows her true character. And like I was saying, you know, when Amanda was talking about them being in the boat, and the boat was for Riley. That's what he needed to be brave enough to do that moment. That's right. not what Aaron needed, but it took... 
him saying like, this is what I want you to do, but this is what I know you're going to do. And that's that was the passing of the torch, right? That mm-hmm. was her becoming the, the, main, the main character for a little while, it, right? <laughs> yeah, it just the flips in the end. You're like, wait, who? Oh, and then wait, we get who? the right, and then we get like the badass group of of, of chicks at the end that you right. know are taking on, and it. Well, and then and for sheriff. a while, it's, is it Monsignor? Is he the main character? I don't know because there's like his oh. whole thing, his whole revelation with his. His revelation. Mike Flanagan is doesn't do main Mama. characters. He Not does really. ensembles. That's true. That's so true. He, except for he, in, well, hush. hush. <laughs> well, it's a, I don't know. He kind of does it from the bad guys. Gerald's eyes. game. Also, I would say somewhat an ensemble too, Sleep. though. Well, it's contribute. young. It's young her and old. But he her. didn't write that either. But anyway, so <laughs> regardless. But, but yeah, but no. But Riley was the main character up to that point. Yes. Yeah. It, it was center. He was the first character. Yeah. He, he's had, the, he's he be had, there had the, the inciting end. incident. Game of he, yeah. Which made so, his final moments that more impactful again because you're absolutely. like, this is the main let's dude. Sub, let's subvert, subvert some expectations. expectations. So. Yeah. yeah. And then Aaron's final monologue that is um, she becomes a, a, star. a redux of her uh, Baby views monologue. Of, her views of what happens after we die. And into child, into child. What happened to her? Child. Right. Well, the first one is about the child, and the second one's about her. Right. right. And so it, it's so it's, what an interesting approach to take a scene that already happened and do it different. Like I thought that was over something that's terrifying that's happening. Yeah. And again, it's almost like that moment is also happening. Yeah. She's she, she's seeing she's both. experiencing yes. it. Oh, it's so good. Well, that's what happens in your final moments when the lights fade out. Your brain mm-hmm. goes to comforting memories. Mm-hmm. So I well, mean that that could be. Um, I did want to say, uh, also it's very, when, after Riley gets bit resurrected and he stays in that room and he stays in the room room for most of a day, I felt there was some definite like Jesus and God vibes. Like waiting to be resurrected? Well, between. Or waiting to come out of the cave? Both. Yes. But also I felt like, uh, Monsignor was kind of like pumping him up to be Jesus. Like mm-hmm. I, you can go places I can't go. You can do things I can't do. You can reach people. I wouldn't be able to reach. You're going to be mm. my sword. My, you know, you're going to go out there and you're going to do great things. And then to have Riley be like, Peace. fuck this shit. I'm out. Like awesome, dude. Yeah. That, um, uh, God's army speech. Yeah. Oh dude, my that God. That was creepy. And I, and I, I think I don't, what was I, I was literally like either watching something recently or someone was talking about. It. I'm like, that's so crazy that that just so happened to come up again. Well, the the it would be fine, right? If when he's doing that and everyone in the room was kind of like, uh, but he was down there. People were like, yes, yeah. they're feeling yes. it. Yeah, they're physically like, ah! like moving their heads. Like, yeah, I mean, because we know people like that. That's if how the you crusades saw this happen. motherfucker make a girl who was who was right. in a wheelchair True. walk, there's parts of me that I'm like. You know, my backache's gone. I've been dancing with my wife. Like, maybe this dude's got some. I like He's that that's some... your character that you go to. <laughs> I, I just gone. keep going to Elliot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, my it back all, is great. It all comes back, baby, full circle with Flanagan. That's where I'm at this whole time. I've been, like, dropping hints, like, I'm going to talk about Elliot. So talk let's, about... Let's, talk, let's talk about Elliot. Let's talk about his character. Ooh. When we first meet him and, and Riley and everything, and Riley's sitting there saying that Did he doesn't like go to church son. anymore. And he's like... He's like, what do you mean? You don't get to say that after everything you did. Well, you even don't get before to say that, that, he didn't want to talk to his son mm-hmm. on the phone. No. Didn't he want was, to be he, there when he comes. He wasn't home. there yeah. when he came home. And oh, man, that is a hard pill to swallow. Honestly, is to watch all that happen and hit. Woo! Get a little, get a little misty. The part um, where he's on the boat talking yes. with his son, yeah. and he mm-hmm. has like this, uh, like, "Hey, I love you. I just suck at showing it." I've had that conversation with my dad before. I noticed. And then he, 
we get the revelation though that it, he blames himself. Yeah. He thinks it's something he's like he I did, did everything I could, you know. Yeah. yeah, this is a very common conversation, Jesse and Amanda excluded. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to be rich. No, never yeah, happened, we didn't have did dads. It? I mean, you did, maybe you had that conversation with your grandpa. I don't know. Maybe he was loving the whole time, like grandpas often are. But my dad, dr- um, this was different, you know, for between us. But my dad was drunk, and I was driving him home. I was in eighth grade. I should not have been driving, and he's he's like. Hey, you know, uh, uh, you know, I love you. Right. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm holding onto the wheel of a, a station wagon, trying not to wreck as I'm driving in the winter when I shouldn't be driving. Cause my dad's a drunk, a drunk. He's a drunk. I mean, he is always has been. And I'm driving. And I'm like, what? Yeah, dad, I know you love. And he's like, no son. Like, I love you. Like, I want you to know right now in case something happens. And I'm like, fucking something's going to happen because I'm trying to drive a car and you're trying to have this heart to heart. (laughs) And he's like, I just, I just, I love you so much. And I'm so proud of you. And I, I, I want you to know that I just, I don't know how to tell you normally, but right now I've had enough to drink that. I just want you to know, I love you. And I was like, cool. Like it's a different conversation. I'm sure. But I was like, part of me wants to be like accepting of this. And the other part's like, you're just fucking drunk. Yeah. You don't re- like, I know my dad. Maybe he listens to the podcast. I don't know. But he loves, <laughs> he's, he's a narcissist. He loves himself. I know that. But like in the moment, he was trying to have a moment with me. And maybe it. He's trying I, to give you some attention. He gives himself. Right. And it didn't work out really because he was drunk. I knew he was drunk. And he's, you know, he's, he's, he's a, a touchy person. Not touchy, but he's a huggy person when he's had enough to drink. If he's got enough liquid courage, then he's able to say I love you and give you hugs and shit like that. But that that was I definitely felt that vibe between Riley and his father where he's like, Ugh, I got I should say something. I should say something. I suck at this. My I didn't bring my youngest son out here because I don't want to look weak in front of him is how I felt. Mm-hmm. But maybe he didn't. I don't know. But it was very. uh is very hard to watch. Yeah, and I mean, he, you know, he goes to see Pruitt afterwards and be like, I have these letters, I'm worried about him. Yeah. You know, but stuff mm-hmm. that he would never show other people. And and it's just one of those things where, like, yeah, like anyone that's had, um, you know, that kind of relationship with, like, a, a, a strong, you know, in quotes, father or whatever, but then if they're able to ever extend that kind of, you know, relationship to you. Like me and my dad are in a great place. Like we went to dinner for my, my sister's birthday, um, like two weeks ago. And, um, he, uh, he like forgot to say goodbye to me before we left. <laughs> so like a couple hours later, I got a text from him. was like, Hey, sorry. I didn't say goodbye to you. I just want you to know. I love you. Have a good night. And I was like, love you too. And like, he was just like, Hey, sorry. You know? And it's just like, but seeing that, cause it, it wasn't always like that, you know, butted heads for a little bit yeah. and everything. So to, to, you just, you see where that approach is coming from. And so it just, and to see where he ends, you know, um, he didn't want to take the communion and, and him and his wife didn't want to take it. Um, and, and they did everything they could and what um, Riley's mother does in order to mm. to mm-hmm. give them the last give couple moments just to give well, them time. And he does, too, so that they can get Absolutely. to the back of the church. He so he doesn't know what's going to happen. She doesn't know what's going to happen. They're all fully committing on, on dying yep. for, for this to happen. There's... So. I think he's a central character in the theme of forgiveness mm-hmm. that runs throughout the show. Um, him, Lisa, uh, the the guy that shot Lisa. I mean, they Joe Colley. Yeah, yeah, they all have 
so much. Fucking Joe College, even, man. Even Monsignor and um, eventually his daughter and yeah. the like. Forgiveness is such a, a theme in this show and how powerful it can be. That that scene was a dick move. I don't care. That scene was a dick in move. In the trailer? When they no, no, that was that was fucking oh, awesome. Oh, with the cup. I was about hold to on, say, hold on. Okay, go ahead. The scene I'm talking about is where you're like, Monsignor's gonna have his moment with his daughter and they take mm. it away. I was about to say, away. fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, but, but yes. Then later. When he goes to bring the friend. Yep. He's like, but I I, I chose I him. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And then when he's like, hey kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make friends with this kid. Yeah, and then At we're the gonna end, see the sunrise together yes. and fucking die. At the end, he does give them a, at least a, a a a person to lean on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kate Siegel said that while filming, they called that my mom. that actor mm. that played Sturge. Apparently, he's like super hot in real life, like before this, and then he just showed up to set, and they were like, "Who, who's that guy?" And they called him Grandpa Trash Man for the awesome. whole awesome. <laughs> Feel that um, in my heart. But I guess he he's somebody that they all know and work with quite yeah. a bit. And when, yeah. when he showed up, they were like, I don't know that man. That's awesome. <laughs> like, man, when he was being totally dedicated to the whole thing, giving everybody his blood, I was like, oh, shit. Okay. It's when you kind of reel it. You're like, oh, wait, I guess that guy's going to play a part. He's you a sheep. You know who I think is actually almost as unlikable as Bev? Lisa's parents. Yes. Who they are. Uh, Oakley Doakley. In a completely Stand different the way. They're so weak. Yeah. Yes. They are so weak minded. What's and that Simpsons character? Ned Flanders. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Ned Flanders. He is, he is literally Ned Flanders. Yes. He pissed me off so much in that second episode when they were talking about the uh, the sheriff was going to gather the cats and burn them. And he's like, oh, that that's not necessary. Like, let the disease uh, yeah, I was like, well, fuck yourself. Yeah. Like, what? Oh, he was just horrible. That was somebody who had too, like, thought he had more power than he really did and had too much of it anyway. What do you, yeah, what are you even really the mayor of? Like, right? five people? Yeah. Dozens. Um, what's some of your guys' favorite imagery from this? Because Mike Flanagan, being an artist, I think can really frame a shot. We can start to wrap it up, but I just yeah. there's one that I really wanted to point out, Go and ahead. it was the snapshot from the the Eucharist to the AA chip. Yeah, mm. it was like the what to the what? The Eucharist. It's the the cracker. The, yeah. Oh, the Christ. The checks. crisp. Yeah, the Christ to the checks. AA um, chip. Yes. Mm. Um, was such a like wow. Like anybody can interpret that in a lot of different ways, mm-hmm. but it was such an artistic thing of him to do. Um, I think I think the stars um really hit me how they how um riley explained that that's that's kind of where our angels came from where our beliefs came from and and how it all started with just looking up to the sky and how when he has the blessing um it becomes this you know swirling effect and and just how our you know how we view things and how it all began at something so small as as the sky it it influenced us and Mm -hmm. help us to create our beliefs and thoughts and I, I really liked that imagery um and how it opened up our eyes when he, when they got the blessing it was super jelly of everybody who has the blessing and gets right? to just look around at shit like see some i was cool stuff? when they showed it through their eyes i was like bro it's like they can see the life in things yes yeah. yes oh, from a street light to the fucking a nebula in bloom like all that mm, shit you're just I like love that oh. when he looked up at the sky i was like oh i'm so jelly like he was looking at the ocean i was like that's fucking cool and he looked at the sky and i was like Fuck you guys, man. I want to be a fucking right. uh, angel. 
in training, vampire, whatever. Yeah. Angel in training. Angel, Angel in training. Tra- got my wheels on. I don't know. What do you want to call them? Um, the, the boat scene. Ugh, yeah. Boat scene's so good. I, I think that's oh, my favorite. Fuck. Imagery wise, yeah. And it's the, the moment of peace into the moment of chaos. <laughs> I, I would say my favorite. I don't know. One, one of one of one. my favorite scenes is the uh, the wood planks versus Absolutely. what's happening. Yep. Like it is mm. like comparing, and it, you like you said, it's like a um, what is it, euphemism? Uh, whatever it is, it's like they an replace allegory? allegory. Sure, where they replace the like what happened with Jesus to what happened to Monsignor. Like that was really mm. cool. It gave me very um. What's the what's the show with uh, Christopher Walken where he's an angel? Fallen. No. Dead. Zone. Prophet. No. Uh, uh, prophecy. prophecy. It gave me prophecy vibes <laughs> for some reason. There's there's a there's a scene in the prophecy where that kind of shit kind of happens, and it was like oh like that's that's the scene where he walks into the desert. Like I was like, this shit's cool. Like and it, it, how do you confuse that with an angel? Like <laughs> yeah, I mean they oh they're terrifying. Okay, cool. That's fucking vampire. Like hey man, he was like eighty and had dementia. Okay, yeah. So I just. I, Overall, what I think I took from it was, you know, don't don't be afraid of those that have other views. Be be afraid of those that think they have the only view. Yeah, absolutely. Don't be a don't bev. go to church. Don't be a bev. Don't drink. Don't drink the Kool Aid. Don't mean, drink. Don't the Jim Jones taught us all Ooh. that. He said the 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 point of this is kindness and hope and and with the bleakest fucking ending ever. And empathy. Yeah. Empathy was a part of it too because all of those people died for love. Mm-hmm. They they died with with um, kindness in their hearts, except for Bev. Fuck Bev, so, fucking cunt. But the rest of them, you know, in the end, they had something that they loved. Yes, literally, what, none what of them the could dust? figure out how to hide in a shed. They didn't want to They're anymore. They all burned, and they what all burned. The, but what was the dust line? Dust to dust. No, but ashes, ashes from dust, dust, dust we from dust you we, from dust we come to dust we return or something so basically. Like it's what what the phrase "ashes to ashes, dust to dust" right comes from. And but then the paper that he left. Um, yeah, that's all he left, Monsignor. Yeah, and that's how we will leave you. Thank you for this uh, very in-depth Mike Flanagan verse episode. It'll be probably several episodes by now, but uh, we appreciate Amanda coming on for our Mike Flanagan spooky Literally episode. Anytime you want to talk about a horror creator, uh, we will. Do. I'll be back for your Stephen King. I'm episode. sure we'll do more. <laughs> Uh, everyone have a great spooky season. This is the Digital Bath Podcast, signing out. See ya! Now Chris just scream until he looks... Ah!